Good morning again, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're in the back looking for a place to sit, there's a front row next to Ben. That's all I got to say. Uh, there's a couple, of, uh, there's a couple of, of rows where there's some seats in the middle. So Mimi, if you wanted to move over, people could find a way to sit on the end. And oh, I like that. People are raising their hands. They're like, come over here. There's seats available. Um, some of you heard Ben say we're going to interact together, but don't freak out. You're not going to have to be super social. We're just going to engage with the Lord some. We want to be a family. We want to engage like this, like around the table. You know what we should have done, Ben? We should have created a table right here, this with all the goodness around it. Um, so uh, welcome again. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, I want to talk this morning about being invited into joy. And I'm only going to give you about 10 minutes, okay? And for me, that's 13 minutes, okay? That's Jeff's 10 minutes. Uh, I want to give you just 10 minutes, and then we are going to engage in some time of reflection, of writing some prayers, of writing some scripture, of engaging with the Lord. This isn't just Thanksgiving. This is now more than that. It's being invited into joy. Because here's a realization that I have had recently, you guys. Maybe you had this around your table. I mean, the goodness around the table, we were so aware of the beauty, the love and relationships, right? The joy of a few days off of work, the, the bounty that most of us had food on the table. Like, all of that was good news. But did you feel like me also that you were aware that there's some ache there, right, about what is, who was not around the table, about what hard things were happening in the lives and the relationships of some of us in that table, of the stuff that's going on in the world, if we could even take ourselves away from the news for that day or those two days or three days or whatever you got to do to celebrate, but isn't, wasn't, weren't you also aware that while we were like, let's do Thanksgiving, you're also like, there's absence and there's pain and there's suffering and there's difficulty. And a lot of it is inside here even. You with me on that? But the good news is God has invited us in the midst of that to enter into joy. We become accustomed and we're ready to hear about all of the difficulty, all the sadness, all the bad news, all the conflict, all the problems in the world. And to take it in and to process all of the disarray and all of the suffering, like we're ready to do that. Like we're just so used to it now. But are we this ready to also receive this invitation to come into joy? This is what Jesus said in John 15, 11. Jesus said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus has invited us into joy. This is part of his long dialogue to the uh, disciples. And what, part of what he's been dialoguing them about is just before this, the context, one of our favorite passages in John 15, where he's saying, you be connected to me. And if you're connected to me, what's going to happen? Do you remember? There's life, right? There's fruit that comes from the vine. We are, we're experiencing spiritual life and transformation and healing like the power of God comes when we're connected to him. And then he goes on to say, and I'm going to have you experience the same love that my father and I experience. And when you love one another, and then you're going to know the love that I have. He goes, he, all of that, the context, he goes, so what's going to happen there is you're going to experience, what's it say in the text? You're going to experience my joy. And your joy is going to be off the charts. Now, come on now. 
This is something he promises by our connection with him. So a couple of points that I just want to make in my few moments. First, God invites us into his joy. It's an invitation. He's saying, I know it's easy to get connected to all of the difficulties and to be attached to that and to be aware of that. But God invites us into his joy. And secondly, I want to define that as that is the joy of knowing that he is at work. Now put your thinking caps on. Think with me for a minute. This is the joy that he invites us into. He doesn't just say, feel some more happiness. Get over all that stuff that you're feeling that doesn't feel good. He's saying, I want you to know the life that comes through me. And I want you to know the ways in which I'm bringing fruit into this world. I want you to know the love of God the way that I do. I want you to know my love. I want you to understand how I'm at work. I want you to see it. I want you to experience it. And that will bring what? That's it. And so he invites us into this joy. I have a couple quotes from Henry Nouwen this morning. I'm reading one of his books in my devotional life called The Return of the Prodigal. But this, look at this quote. This is just stunning. This sentence stunned me, the beginning sentence. Celebration belongs to God's kingdom. God not only offers forgiveness, reconciliation, and healing. Yeah, that's all good news but wants to lift up these gifts as a source of joy for all who witness them. Now, wait a minute. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Celebration belongs to God's kingdom. He says, yep, here's the good news. God brings reconciliation and restoration and forgiveness. Like, that's good news. But then look what he's saying. But he wants to lift up those gifts, exalt them so you can see them, so that they would be a source of joy for us. In all three parables, which Jesus tells to explain why he eats with sinners, God rejoices and invites others to rejoice with him. Now think about what he's saying there. And what we're going to do is he's going to, I'm going to refer to the passage in Luke chapter 15, where we know about the prodigal son story. It's also the story of the lost sheep and the story of the lost coin, right? One of our other favorite passages that we preach. It's so good. Now and refers to and reminds us that the beginning of that uh, passage People said, how come you're eating with sinners? They said to Jesus, how come you're eating with broken, messed up people? How come you're eating with people who aren't spiritually all put together? How come you're eating with people who are not Jews in good standing? Like, they're like, how come you hang out with all of those people? And to give that answer, Jesus tells a story about lost things being found, broken things being restored, relationships being healed. And why? Because what is it that the sinners need? They need to witness that good news because that brings joy. Man, I love those three parables from Luke. They just get deeper and deeper the more we study them. Look at this. This is the passage from the um, first part of the parable where the sheep is, uh, the, the sheep is found, and it's the end of the story, right? The, the 99 get, you know the story. If you don't, go look it up in Luke 15. It's so good. But when he finds the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and he goes home. Oh, I just sped right by. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together. And he says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who turns to God, who repents, than 99 people who do not think they need to turn to God. Is that good? Do you see the joy in that? This is what, this is, Jesus, why are you eating with sinners? He's like, oh, because they need to know. 
that the father finds one sheep and goes, I want you to rejoice with me. Then the next one, there's a coin. She, the woman loses, a co- she has 10 coins, she loses one. And when she finds it, verse nine, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. There it is again, rejoice with me. The invitation to joy, are you seeing it? That God is liking, I'm gonna lift, God is saying, I'm gonna lift up these things, restoration and healing and forgiveness as a source of joy for you. And so he finds the lost sheep and he goes, Look at, I found it, rejoice with me. Finds a lost coin and says, look at it, I found it, rejoice with me. Verse 10, in the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner, one broken person who turns to God. Are you getting it? And at the end of the the third one is the prodigal son, and we have the whole story that we know of the prodigal son who gets welcomed back. And the very end of the story, the father says to the elder son, who isn't sure he wants to celebrate how incredible this news was, he says in verse 32, but we, what does it say? Had to celebrate. We have to celebrate because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. There is celebration in the kingdom. Back to that now in quote, he says, these are lifted up for our joy. And don't we know that when we tell the stories? Don't we know that when we hear the messages from one another about how God is at work? Don't we know that feeling when we hear somebody and we hear stories of changed lives? Are you hearing people's changed lives? Are you engaging in deep fellowship and hearing one another engage with each other? Like think about our baptism service that we had not too long ago, those of you that came. I I mean, I don't know how many times we mentioned that because it was so incredibly encouraging that 10 people and their stories of what God had done in each of their lives. I mean, every time I tell those stories, I just weep. I just, I tell her, Hillary, I tell your story and and I weep, I just like, those, those stories are there as a source of joy for us. So what's the point? God invites us into his joy, and that's the joy of knowing that he is at work. And why is that then so important? Why is that so important? Why are we even talking about this? Because that joy, the joy of the Lord, is our strength. And that is what the scriptures teach about it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That phrase is so familiar, isn't it? We go, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Maybe because there's little songs that we sing about it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What's the context of that? Why is that? Where where does that come from? That comes from the book of Nehemiah. And um, it, it comes from a context where they had been struggling and lost and in exile for 70 years. Look at the, let me read it with you. Nehemiah chapter eight starting in verse nine. Then Nehemiah the governor and Ezra the priest and the teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all of the people had been weeping as they listened to the word. They'd listened to God's word being read. So what you have here is you have people that have been in exile. They came back. They came back into the land. God had restored them. If you don't know this story, I want to give you a study Bible. It's so amazing. This is like 500 years before Christ. They rebuilt the temple. They rebuilt the the city. They began a worship life. They pulled out the law, the words of God, and they began to read them again. And you know what happened? They realized, oh. 
we're so far away from what God is promising us. This world has not gone the way that we wanted it to go. They wept for all of their desolation, for all that they had missed, for all that was not yet, for all the ways they had turned their backs on God, and they reheard the good news that they would be God's people and that he would be their God and that he would be with them and that they would be with him. Like they reheard all of this and they wept over all of this because they realized, oh, this is not yet. But you look at verse nine in the text and it says, do not mourn or do not weep. And the text goes on, look at the next verse, verse 10, Nehemiah said, instead you go and you enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. You know what choice food is? Choice food is the fatty food. That's literally what it means. You go and enjoy the fatty food. Why is that a thing? Well, because it's the best food, (laughs) but also because in the times where we were in confession, in the times where we were living in our sin, in the times we were living in our brokenness, in those ceremonies where they had to do the sacrifice for sin, they had to remove the fat. And those, 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 those meals that they had then had the fat removed because they had offered that in sacrifice. So their meals were paled in comparison to meals of celebration. And God comes in this picture, this is a picture of Christ coming into the, to the world 500 years later, and he says, listen, I have been at work, so you eat the fat. You do not live in your brokenness and in your sin. You celebrate the work that I have done in restoring you and restoring worship and restoring the word and bringing you back to myself. I've rescued you from exile and you, look what it says, you go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We're tempted to not let joy break in. We're tempted to be so in touch with our brokenness and our lostness and our not yetness and the messed up world that we're in and the disarray that we see and all of the people who weren't around the table and all of the broken relationships that that are there and all of our stuff that we struggle with. Yes, we get in touch with that so easily. And then the Lord says, and you remember that I have been at work and the joy of the Lord will be your strength for all that that we're gonna face. Celebration belongs to the kingdom. So church, we don't weep or mourn today. We celebrate Thanksgiving not unaware that things are not as they should be. But we come believing that every glimpse of God's work brings joy that will sustain our souls. So two conclusions. One, open our eyes to see, Lord, right? Let's practice that gratitude. I've shared a couple of times, uh, uh, a couple of friends challenged me, maybe because of the fruit that was coming out of my life, I'm not sure, but they said, you gotta practice some gratitude, bro. I'm like, that's a great idea. And so for about 75 days now, I've been practicing gratitude every day. And here's what I'm finding. I'm up to 470. And here's what I'm finding. They're not just, oh, this is a good cup of coffee. Although that's maybe 50 of those. (laughs) The gratitude is, God, I saw a glimpse 
of you in that time when I wept with that person in my office. God, I heard in that person's voice that they were ready to trust you for healing in their life. God, I saw in that couple who were struggling in their marriage that they turned toward one another in a way that they haven't done in months. This is seeing God at work. You with me? And so to the conclusions, I have to joy the Lord's our strength. One, oh, we got to have eyes to see. Let's practice that. Lord, where are you at work? I want to say it. I want to see it. I want to rehearse it. I want to tell it. And then secondly, second conclusion, let's ask God for more of his work. Let's ask him for more of his work. If we ask him for more of his work, then we're going to see and be strengthened by the joy that God is restoring and healing and present.